have you all here. Um, if you're joining us online, welcome. Uh, I don't know how many of you have already recognized this, but I am standing a little bit higher than in weeks past. Um, we uh, had an amazing crew come in uh, two Sundays ago. Uh, after it was another church that rents our building, after they cleared out at five o'clock, we had a team of guys that were in here with power tools. There was a lot of testosterone, and they um, they ripped out the old stage, and it was chaos and sledgehammers and so they ripped it all out and then we had another crew that came in and started rebuilding it and then electricians that came in and rewired and we were there were a lot of hours that went into making sure they're getting this all uh done and new anyway uh the lead the guy that put it all together was david david orchestrated all of it so um he said, hey, make sure you tell everybody, say thanks to everybody else that actually did a lot of the work and all of that. And so thanks to all of them. But really, if David hadn't been kind of making it happen, it wouldn't have happened. So uh, we're excited about what that will do. So thank you for, um, I don't know, I guess looking up to us now. Um, this morning, we are wrapping up our series called Living Out Love. And, and really, the attempt throughout this series is really to discover how you and I can best love those around us. How we can really begin to see and make ourselves the best version of ourselves, ultimately so that we can have the most positive impact on those people that we interact with on a daily basis. And so we started this series by looking at the statements that Jesus made just before he died on the cross and looking at how those impact our lives. And, and then over the last couple of weeks, as we lead into Easter, we've been trying to get really practical trying to look at some very tangible ways that you and I can be living out love. And the hope was that we could see some real ways that we could be living this out and some powerful ways that we could live out love so that people would see what Jesus has done in our lives. And then as they see what Jesus has done in our lives and the transformation that's happened in, our, in, in us, that they would be drawn to him. Now, Jacob just mentioned that next week is Easter, and we are so excited for that next Sunday. And, and it's almost hard to believe that it's here because we've been planning for it and planning for it and planning for it. Um, I, my guess is in your life, there's been times where you've made a plan out in the future, you know, way out in the future, and you're really anticipating it. And you're, 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 maybe you went on a vacation or something like that, and you, you're going to go see some friends, or maybe there was a big party that you were going to celebrate a life event or something like that. And you started planning all the details, and you were anticipating the experience, and, and maybe you were dreaming about the outcome and what it would go like, and you were trying to work everything through, and you were imagining the thrill of the experience, and you, you'd put all of this thought in this thing that was down the road a ways. And then when it finally arrives, you're like, oh, it's actually here. And if you've been around Silver Creek for the last couple of months, we've been talking about the fact that Easter is in two months for two months. We've been talking to you about it. And those of us that have been planning, we've been planning for Easter for four months. And so the fact that it's almost here, it's a little amazing to believe that it's time. We're going to celebrate together. It's a, a little bit hard to believe that it's actually here. Uh, but we are very excited about next week. And I know that a lot of you have been inviting your friends, and we've been giving you invite cards, and you've been inviting your family and coworkers. Um, we've been running Facebook ads and newspaper ads, ultimately because we have a story of what Jesus has done in our lives and what Jesus has done for people that, that needs to be shared. And there's been a lot of you that have been praying and fasting and you've been committing to that. And, and in all of that process of what's been going on around Silver Creek, next Sunday is going to be huge for us. Now, if your house is anything like my house, the house that we live in day to day the condition of the house, you know, how much picked upness it is or the cleanliness of it. Like there's something that we tolerate day to day in our house, right? But then when company comes over, right, there's the different house that we present. 
Some of you are looking at me. No, we, I know I'm not alone. I know I actually just saw on Facebook this last week somebody some mom was commenting about how she was vacuuming and the kids were like is there company coming over and then they were dusting and they're like what, what's some who's visiting and they're like we're just trying to clean out right well so next week is Easter we're gonna have some company we're gonna have some company and so we've been asking God to work in the hearts and minds of people that that we've been inviting to join us and I'm confident that we're gonna have some guests that God is going to respond to all of our work and all of our praying and all of our planning so if we're gonna have guests we need to be ready for that so this morning we're gonna start to jump into we're gonna call it an Easter morning checklist Okay, an Easter morning checklist, and, and we're not going to look at a bunch of verses as we start this, but this is really what we've been talking about so much over the last couple of weeks. This is really about living out love. This is going to get crowded here. I mean, there's already a bunch of people in this, here this morning. It's going to get crowded. And if it's going to get crowded, and, and we're actually going to enjoy ourselves, then anybody that visits us, any guests that show up, if they're going to enjoy themselves, we have to get ready. Need to take some steps to make sure that we're as ready as we possibly can be and, and to make sure that we're ready for company. Because hopefully guests will arrive. And hopefully they'll discover that this is a, a comfortable place. Not only is it a comfortable place, but ultimately they will sense that this is a place where they can discover what a relationship with Jesus is all about. Now, if you're a guest this morning, we're, uh, we're just going to kind of, we're pulling the curtain back and we're letting you see a little bit of our, uh, our thinking. So, uh, sorry. But... Um, we just got we a clean house because we got guests coming. So I want to give you five, I just did five, five things, five, counting's hard, uh, five things that we can uh, do, five checklists that we can have, it, have for us. And, and really understand, this isn't about us. This checklist is about us living out love for somebody that might be checking out Silver Creek for the first time. Or, or maybe somebody's checking out Silver Creek for the first time in a long time. And maybe, maybe there's some people that'll be checking out church for the very first time in their lives. And if we don't think a little bit about that, we won't be ready. And everything that I'm about to show you, all of these pieces in this checklist, it's just going to have to, you just have to give a little bit of yourself. Not a ton, just a little bit. But out of love, in the process of living out love, this is what's going to help us get ready for company. And the first thing is this. Arrive early. <laughs> Some of you are like, no, yeah. Here's the deal. The parking lot's going to be more crowded. Check-in for kids is going to take a little bit longer. Our coffee cart, which a lot of you are enjoying, is going to the line, there's going to be more people in line. So, so just give yourself some extra time. I mean, we're literally anticipating that, that our attendance next week is going to double. So, so be early. Get into the room before the first song actually starts. I, some of you don't even know this. We do three songs before I speak. Some of you are like, we do three songs? We do. We do. We actually, and they practice all of them. And the first one's usually really good. And some of you have missed it. And, and really, so take it all in. Everything that happens next week, God has orchestrated and planned it. And we want you to get all of it. Plus, if you arrive early next week, we're buying hundreds of donuts. And if you're here first, you get to pick the one you want. Um, if you're late, you just get what's left over. Also, if you arrive early, guests typically arrive on time. And if all of us roll in late, the room will lack energy. 
And people will be looking around like, their band is really good. Why isn't anybody in here? So just be early. And I know that there's some of you that are starting to figure out, okay, well, what, what's, how early does he want us to be here? Not crazy. I would just say, if you can have your car in the parking lot 20 or 30 minutes before we start, that'd be perfect. Just give yourself time. And since you're arriving early, that will really pour into and help with the second thing I'm about to ask you to do, which is park in the back. So it'll take you a little bit longer to walk in. So arrive a little bit early. Have you ever been to the mall and you go to the mall, somebody's like, nope, all Amazon now. But anyway, you, like, you remember when you used to go to the mall and you were looking for a parking spot and you're like, where's the park? And all of a sudden, right up front, there's a parking spot. And suddenly you begin to think, God is smiling down on me. <laughs> right? You're like, the light is shining down from heaven on the spot and you can hear angels like, oh. And you're like, they told me at church that Jesus loves me and he must because here it is. God has given me this. What if we created that exact same experience for a family that was visiting? Right? People that are visiting, guests that are showing up, they're wondering as they're driving to church, why am I going to church? They're thinking, why did I not sleep in today? They're actually wondering, is this going to be a waste of my time? And if as they pull into the parking lot, suddenly there's a spot. Suddenly, at the very beginning of the process, they'll realize, I'm supposed to be here. And we're not trying, this isn't like a setup. This is literally us living out love saying, listen, we want you to have a spot. So what it means is you and I have to choose to leave the best spots for guests that we maybe don't even know yet. Now, how far back do you need to park? Uh, okay, I recognize that we don't all need to park in the very, very, very back. So let's just do this. Let's just create a rule of like, we'll call it a five to seven rule. Okay, so when you go out to your car today, look at your car, and then just think, okay, next week I'm going to park five to seven spots further away. If you really want to be an overachiever, you can double that or whatever. But So next week we're going to arrive early. We're going we're gonna to park in the back. We're going to go get our coffee. We're going to get our kids checked in. We're going to get all of that done. And then... We're going to sit in the front. We're going to sit in the front. If you've been to Silver Creek very long, or if you've been here for just a very short time, you've heard me talk about the value of the back seats. The greatest value is in the back seats. Because if somebody's a guest, or if somebody's late, they're looking to just sort of be able to slip in and not be noticed. Like, if you want to sit here right now in the service, you're going to get noticed, right? Like, you've got to walk all the way up. And if somebody's a guest, like, they just want to slide in. And certainly, I recognize none of you want to sit close to the preacher. Okay, I'm not really offended by it, but I recognize it's true. I, I spit a little bit, and now that the stage is higher, it's going to get the third row anyway. <laughs> so this is literally the safest spot in the building now. But think about this. If somebody's new to church, if somebody's not been in a situation like this, they have no idea what's about to go down. Like, literally, they have no idea. Is he going to call on a volunteer? Like, it might be like a magic show. They don't know. Like, hey, I need somebody to come up, and I'm going to... You know, they have no idea. Maybe people are worried that, he's, that I'm going to call on them for answers. Hey, could you share a story? Nope, not going to do that. And you know that. They don't know that. 
So, so everybody just needs to sit a little closer. And really, if you could sit a little closer and a little bit to your left, that leaves all of the seats towards the back more available. So we'll just stick with our five to seven rule, right? Five to seven in the parking lot, five to seven in here. So all I'm asking you to do is just move your chairs five to seven, any combination of forward and left. Okay, forward and left of where you're at right now, five chairs. If you were sitting here, you'd be in your car outside, but that's cool. Um, <laughs> but your car's in the back, so they, anyway. Once you get over here, we're not going to ask you anymore. So here's what I want you to do really quickly. I just want you to look at where you're going to sit next week. Look at where you're sitting and, and start to count five to seven chairs. And actually, really quick, I want you to turn to your chair that you're sitting in right now. And I want you to say, chair, I'm so sorry, but next week I'm moving on up. No, go ahead, go ahead. I really want you to do that. I'm moving, I'm moving on up. Yep. Okay, so we figured out where we're sitting. And you know what? This is crazy. Actually, I thank you for telling your chair. We're going to do it right now. Everybody get up. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Those of you that started to move, though, thank you. Thank you for listening. But, but just, we're, look, we'll all just shift a little bit. And if we all know where we're going to sit next Sunday, and we're all here early, we'll get our seats, and, and I will stand further back. I'll try not to hit anybody. So we're going to arrive early. We're going to park in the back. We're going to sit in the front. And then two more items. Fill out a Connect card. I know, you're like, what? Really, our hope is that every single person completes a Connect card. And there's some important reasons why. It's not just a silly little exercise we want you to do. Really, when you fill out a Connect card, it does a couple things for us. It allows us to be praying for you. It allows us to pray for the request that you put on there. It also allows us to be praying for you as you mark those next steps. It actually helps me as a preacher as I'm preparing to be like, oh, okay, I actually got close to what made sense. And it helps us be able to track where are you at spiritually. So fill out a Connect card. The second thing it allows us to do, is it allows us to make sure we're up to date on all of your contact information. And actually next week what we're going to do is we're going to do a database checkup. And so what next week we need everybody to fill out a Connect card. We're going to ask you to put your address on there, your email on there, your phone number on there. Even if you're like, they already have it. Just do it again. I know, I know, we're going to, it's a lot of work. But um, we just, we just want to make sure we have your information correctly. And then the last reason that we need everybody to fill out a Connect card is because it encourages everybody to fill out a Connect card. These Connect cards are so incredibly valuable to us for the opportunity to connect and engage with a first and second time guest. So when we say, hey, if you would fill out your Connect cards, and if everybody starts filling out a Connect card, guess what happens? The guests start to look around and they're like, I guess I better do it. You remember when your mom used to say, hey, if everybody jumped off a bridge... Would you jump off the bridge? The answer is yes. If everybody's doing it, we all would jump off the bridge. Yeah, I know you're saying no, but you would. We would. So if everybody's doing it, if everybody is filling out those cards, then it helps encourage everybody to fill out those cards. And really, other than Easter, if you put your name on there and your prayer requests and your next steps, that's all we need. Last item is this. Last item is don't block the entrance. I mean, it's fantastic that we like to talk with each other. It's great that you want to show up at church and you love catching up and kind of talking about life. 
just don't do it immediately inside the front doors, right? Like, or, or in the path to the gym. It gets super crowded in there. <laughs> Hold on, go back, go back. Oh, don't, not yet, not yet. So, so make it easy for our guests. Make it easy for anyone coming into the building. Nobody wants to have to dodge a conversation or, or slip and turn. I mean, like, this is not fun. And if you've got a kid in tow, like, no, nobody wants to do that. So, so back up a little bit. And a couple weeks ago, I took some pictures. So you would see where I was talking about. So you're like, what's he? Here's where it is. There it is. There, here's what, here's, but don't stand there. That's pretty obvious. Or here. No. Or here. Or here. Or here. Or here. Or here. Or definitely not there. Or there. But where should you? St- oh, don't stand there either. Here's where you should stand, I think. There, that's good. Right there. And here, yep, good. Also, there's good. And also, there is really great because that means you're on your way in to find your seat. And here's what I know I know all of you that love Jesus will never stand there. But I also recognize from time to time we need some motivation. I know sometimes we need like a reminder. And so, so we're actually looking at instituting a new idea that would help motivate people to not stand there. It'll, it'll look something like this. When we asked Reebok to send us Terry Tate, some people thought we were crazy. But I'm a firm believer in paradigm breaking, outside the box thinking. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Break was over 15 minutes ago, Mitch! And since Terry's been with us, our productivity has gone up 46%. <laughs> We're getting more from our employees than ever before. You know you need a cover sheet or your TPS reports, Richard. That ain't new, baby. Hey, Terry. Hey, Janice. But what's really impressed me is how Terry's become part of the Felcher family. (laughs) (laughs) He fits right in here. That's a long distance call, Doug. To be honest, I wish Reebok sent us ten Terry Tates. You are welcome to stand there. I just cannot. um... Actually, on the back of your Connect card, if you are interested in helping be the motivator um, and tackle anybody that's sitting there, just let us. Here's let us know. Here's what's amazing. Here's what's amazing, is this Easter checklist, every single item on there, so easy to complete. Like, nothing on that list is actually hard to do. Nothing on that list will cost you very much. Yet what's so amazing is that each and every one of those ways, and when all compiled together, are an amazing way for you and I to be living out love. To be able to create opportunities for people to be transformed by God. And I know they sort of seem silly, and, but, but what an incredible way for you and I to be living out love. And actually, what, what Jesus demonstrated was that it's actually some of the easiest things that we can do that are some of the most powerful moments of living out love. Actually, what we find from Jesus is that simple acts of service are some of the most incredible ways to be living out love. 
We get caught up in thinking that, that if I'm going to love somebody in a very tangible way or if I'm going to actually impact their life in a, in a way that's going to have true meaning, that it has to be complicated. We tend to think it's going to take this great big planned out year-long commitment, big costing... No. It, it doesn't always have to include building a home for somebody that's homeless. Or, or adopting a child from a third world country. Or, or going on a mission trip. We got a couple coming this summer. Or, or donating a kidney, right? Like, all of those are good things. All of those will be helpful. And if you're doing any of those things, or if you've done any of those things, I'm not saying those things aren't valuable. I'm not saying you should stop doing those things. If you're in the process, please go for it. But, but when it comes to like day in, day out, living out love, we don't have to make it complicated. We don't, we don't have to make it some big grand action. Jesus actually demonstrated that, that a simple act of service can have the most profound impact on people's lives. The story that we're going to look at today out of the life of Jesus, he basically did something super simple. But what we discover in that very simple act of service is that simple service doesn't mean it's boring. It's just not expected. It's surprising. See, nobody actually predicted that Jesus was going to do what he's about to do. And if you've heard the story before, you're like, eh, not a big surprise. Like, we don't, it's so super simple, but nobody saw it coming. And what Jesus is about to do not only changed the lives of the people in the room, not only did he serve the people in the room and did it have an impact on their lives, it has had a ripple effect on the world ever since he did it. So when you choose to give up the best seat in the room, and take the less desirable seat for somebody else to be able to have the better seat. It's so simple. But it's so unexpected. And when you choose to park further away and provide a better parking spot for somebody that you don't even know yet. It's so simple. But it's so unexpected. So listen to what Jesus did. So simple but so unexpected. Uh, this is going to be on the screen. It's in your message notes. This is actually written down by a guy that was in the room. His name is John. John says this. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, Iscariot to betray Jesus. Real quick, we just need to understand what's happening. Jesus knows that the next day, the process is about to start for him to get arrested, for him to be beaten, for him to be crucified. He's like, this is really my last chance to hang out with my closest friends. His friends have no idea what's about to go down. I mean, he's been telling them all along, like, this is what's going to happen. They just don't get it. But Jesus is paying attention. Jesus is reading the situation, which is a huge part of doing simple acts of service that are unexpected. It means you and I have to begin sort of reading the situation, almost anticipating needs before we actually, or the other individual even knows that they need them. So in order for you and I to be able to do this, we have to begin to see and respond to needs that are actually oftentimes overlooked. Some of the greatest simple acts of service are things that nobody even thinks is needed yet. I mean, we all see the obvious things. 
We, we all see the military vet on the corner with a cardboard sign. We see that. We're going to show you a video next week or in a couple weeks about El Salvador and the violence that our sister church deals with every day. We see those. We all read each other's Facebook posts when something upsets us, right? And we're like, ah. We, we see those. But, but the simple acts of service are oftentimes the ones that are, that are right in front of us. They're oftentimes the people that we bump into every day. Oftentimes they're, they're moments that don't require any special skills, don't take any extra talent to be able to accomplish. I mean, it, it literally could be the, the mom at the bus stop where your kids are, you wait in line with your kids to get them on the bus and there's just a mom there that just needs a friendly hello each morning. Or maybe it's your coworker that's a single parent. You just need somebody to acknowledge that that's tough. Maybe it's your kid's soccer coach getting grief from all of the other parents because their kids aren't playing enough or their kids are in the wrong position or whatever. And you may feel the same way, but what if you just came along the side of that soccer coach and said, you know what, we so appreciate your effort. You know, you're pouring into these kids and, and you're helping them become a better skilled soccer player, but, but more than anything, just thank you for pouring into our kids to help them become a better person. When's the last time a coach heard that? I was a coach, maybe at the banquet, but even then. Here's what Jesus did. It says, so Jesus got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Okay, we, we, we get it, but we don't get it. I mean, feet were dirty back then. I mean, just think about it today. Feet are gross, right? We all acknowledge feet are gross. Right? There's hair growing out of weird places. You got crooked toes, blistered heels, corns on the edges of your toes. This is, that's just the ladies' feet. Like, and I know you go get pedicures and get them all cleaned up, but like, let's acknowledge, ladies, if you just let it go. And guys' feet, we don't do anything, and they're a disaster. And at this point in history, in the culture that Jesus is in, feet were still gross. Plus, they either wore sandals or no shoes at all. Roads were made out of dirt or maybe stone. But, but roads were shared with animals that were not concerned about what they were leaving behind. I mean, it's basically like a nasty version of Mario Kart, you know, where you're dropping a banana peel and somebody else steps on it and slips. It just wasn't a banana peel. So, so getting your feet washed was not unusual. It just was usually done by a slave or a servant. Having your feet washed by somebody that was your equal or somebody that was your leader or somebody that was your boss, even having your feet washed by somebody that was your friend, not expected. Certainly wasn't expected to have somebody wash your feet that didn't owe you something. Simple acts of service, they're not boring. They're just very unexpected. And Jesus didn't want to just talk about it. Jesus actually wanted to act on it, and he wanted to demonstrate love by example. He wanted to show us what it looked like. He didn't want to just talk about it. He wanted to demonstrate what living out love looked like. 
and how you and I can begin to watch for needs around us and then respond to them, even if they seem beneath us or not expected. And as a church, we're going we're gonna to try and get real practical with this next week. And not only next week are we going to try to get real practical with this, we're trying to get real creative about how we can do this out in our community. Actually, this summer when we send our students to New York, we're hoping that they'll learn and discover how to do this better and then bring it back with them. We've been exploring this idea for the past couple of years. How do we develop a plan to be, begin doing more simple acts of service in our community? Where over time, people begin to be aware that, that Jesus loves them. And, and our desire as a church is to help in that process. And actually, this church back in New York that, that we're going to go visit, they've gotten really, really good at some simple acts of service. And they do some things that we hear about, and we're like, how does that even work? One of the things that they do is they go outside of the New York Stock Exchange, and they serve breakfast to the stockbrokers or day traders as they enter in to work for the day. Or they go into the museum district, and, and they pass out water to the New Yorkers or fellow New Yorkers that are walking by. And at first, when I heard about this, I'm like, it doesn't, why, I, those situations don't seem to warrant a need or, or extending love. But then I started thinking about it more. Like, when was the last time a day trader or a stockbroker received kindness for no reason? I can't imagine it's ever happened. And now suddenly somebody just says, hey, I, I just acknowledge you and I recognize you. Or when has a stranger just suddenly had a need unexpectedly met by somebody they had never known? So we want to go find out what it is that they're doing and how it's working and, and what it looks like. So actually, uh, Elizabeth and Jacob and I, we're all going to go back there. And man, I hope I bring back the students alive, but really I want to learn. Sorry if any of you are sending your kids. We're going to bring them all back, but I just want to learn what this church is doing. I guess that's a pretty big act of love to bring your kids back. But um, man, really, we just want to learn from them and find out what they're, get an example of what living out love looks like. And actually, we had, a, we had an amazing opportunity uh, that we're going to roll out this summer that actually developed out of our snow days that we recently experienced. Uh, we had all that snow, if you remember it, and Elizabeth had this idea. She's like, all of these families and all of these kids are out, out playing in the snow, and they're sledding, and probably getting cold, and they could probably use a little bit of warmth. So we came in, and we made up like four gallons of hot cocoa, and then we bungee corded it to a sled, and then we just started dragging it around to the different parks. Took some whipped cream, put it in the cup, and just found people that were out playing in the snow. Do you know what people did when we gave them the hot cocoa? They were like, really? Really? Thank you so much. Like, nobody expected it. But they were like, this is so cool. We had people posting about it on their Facebook pages or adding it to groups that they were a part of. They, didn't even, they weren't even aware that they had the need. But then they took the warm cocoa, and they're like, this is so cool. So out of that, we're actually going to do something similar this summer. We're developing a plan, and we're still putting all of the pieces together, but we're going to launch what we're going to call our Popsicle Response Team. Because <laughs> sometimes there's a need, right? And so what we're going to do is we're going to load up our freezer with lots of popsicles. We're going to design some hats and shirts and some other gear. We're still working on all that. We're going to get some cooler bags that you can transport it in. And then on a hot day... In the summer, we're going we're gonna to deploy people out to give out popsicles. 
to go to the local parks or go to the beaches and just distribute popsicles. Simple act of kindness. It won't be boring. And it certainly will not be expected. So stay tuned. We'll have more details on the Popsicle response team. But um, I know some of you are like, I'm in. And we're, uh, I think we have a, a one Popsicle rule. You can have one Popsicle. Um, that's the rule. <laughs> Last piece, critical piece, when it comes to simple acts of kindness is this. Is that serving will always change a life. Mostly yours. When you and I begin to look for needs, when you and I begin to pay attention to opportunities around us to serve, when we begin to respond to those moments with simple acts of kindness, what it begins to do is it will begin to open up your mind. And it will begin to open up your eyes. And it will begin to open up your ears because you'll be looking for the direction and leading of Jesus. And when you begin to listen to Jesus in that moment, as you begin to respond to the needs and you notice those opportunities, as you become used to hearing Him in that regard, then it begins to spill over into other areas of your life. Because you'll become familiar with the voice of Jesus and what it is that it sounds like when he talks to you about responding to those situations. And now in other areas of your life where you're like, well, do I buy this or do I do these things? You're like, oh, I know how to listen to Jesus because I've been practicing it with these simple acts of service. And the people around you will begin to experience the love of Jesus. And as a church, we'll become known as a generous giving church that helps meet the needs of people in our community. And lives will be changed. And more than anything, we will be changed. And our hearts will be transformed and our minds will be renewed. And it all happens when we begin committing to, to living out love and serving people around us and doing it through simple acts of kindness. And every week we put these Green Connect cards in your program and we challenge you to be thinking through what is your next step? What is it that you need to do based on what it is that you've heard this morning? So I just challenge you to reflect and think about what have you heard this morning? What can you do? What's your next step going to be? And again, this is a great way for us to be able to pray for you as God is working in your life. But as you think about living out love and we think about Easter next weekend, what is it that you need to do? Maybe your next step is to commit to the Easter morning checklist. Arrive early. Park in the back. Sit in the front. Fill out your Connect card. Don't stand in the entrance. Maybe your next step is to respond to the need when God taps you on the shoulder and says, this one's you. Maybe you need to find some ways to serve at Silver Creek. If you check that, we'll send you some, a list of things that you can get involved with. Maybe your next step is to serve those that you love by inviting them to Easter. I've been giving you those connect cards or invite cards in your program and challenge you to start praying for five people. This is your week. If you haven't done it yet, this is the week to start finalizing those invitations and follow up with people that you love, that you care about that could benefit from being here on Easter. Van's going to come in just a second, but let's pray. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the fact that you allow us to partner with you to impact the lives of people around us. Thank you for your incredible demonstration of the fact that, that simple acts of kindness qualify as living out love. Would you help us to be mindful of the people around us and to begin watching for opportunities and needs that, that we see and to respond? God, we pray for next week and, and Easter and all that goes with it. God, we pray that those that we invite, those that we share, 
would be open to it, that you would be working in their hearts and their minds even now, that they would be responsive to the request and to the invite. Thank you so much for this morning. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.